I'm not like promising to be a motivational person, but uh, I do think like to hit that spark, you just have to be willing to do it. Like you just have to be willing to do it for a long time. So even with this podcast, 200 episodes, I view I view it as a success as like the conversations that I got to have, the people I met through it, but it hasn't, I haven't had the episode that gets 100,000 downloads or anything crazy like that. That's where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that Gosh, man, that was, was the moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. How much water have you drank today? Only one liter. See, that's why the half-gallon jug would have been good to bring the Philly barbell, because if you were out for that long, you would have had plenty of water on hand. Did you run out? I ran out on my way home. Yeah, see? I never run out. (laughs) You also have a pump going for one arm carrying the thing. (laughs) Speaking of terrible purchases, um, (laughs) I feel like I should cover this. Uh, So I bought the Whoop like oh my god two weeks ago mike d's gonna laugh at this story so the marketing did you tell him already though that you got it and returned it yeah okay. yeah the marketing though it's so good like there's just so many top athletes who wear it and there's so many people they just push the ads push the ads on instagram every time i open it it's like whoop is awesome and then so i got it and this is the third time I got it. The first time was in college. Second time was like last year. I think I wore it for... I think it was like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. I wore it for like two weeks and realized it's super uncomfortable because it's bulky. You have to wear it on your wrist. And then... So I started doing more research on like the EMFs and to see if that's actually safe because, I mean, I've read about cell phones and like it's really bad to sleep with your cell phone under your pillow. Then I'm like, I'm basically sleeping with a cell phone on my wrist. So... That's Which is wh- under your head because you sleep like that. Yeah. And that's why I returned it the second time. And then the third time, I forgot all about that. How did you forget this? Because the marketing is so good. Oh, my gosh. Like, you just you forget You are every about marketing it. agency's, like, dream. Well, I wonder, like, if... Yes, he fell for it again. But I wonder <laughs> if there's actually people who, like, sit down and say, like, we need to show a certain we need to show this ad a certain amount of times before somebody's going to purchase it. So like if they see this 87 times, then they'll purchase it. So they spend the money for 87 ads. Totally. To, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's all like AI generated. It's not like, well, Talia actually knows all about that stuff. Cause she runs ads specifically for her clients. That'd be interesting to kind of hear about. Yeah. You should have her on. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely be open to that. So third time I get it because of, people like Talia in the ads and then I wore it for <laughs> I wore it for 36 hours no I, I don't even think it was that long I wore it for one night of sleep and then I wore it for the yeah I guess you're right I lifted in it and my workout was like it was my strain was like super high and but you know that day one is not accurate month one is not accurate yeah well it's how a, long okay I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you a lot, but how long does it say, does Whoop say, like, okay, you have to wear it for X amount of time before it becomes accurate for you? I don't know about the accuracy, but they they don't give you, 
like you get a recovery score in the beginning, but it says it takes four days to calibrate like your baseline and okay. then it kind of. So four days is there. Yeah, I know, but that's ridiculous that you can wear something for four days and it's like, oh, we know your baseline. Like what if in those four days you you ran a marathon or you, you know, slept two hours, like your baseline's going to be all fucked up. Or you went to an EDM show or. <laughs> but so I wore it for 36 hours training and then, I, well, I realized I was like, I, I have jujitsu at night and uh, I was like, I don't think I can wear this at jujitsu. Like it's going to get all tangled up and people are probably going to get mad at me if I, you know, like. Does get, no one else have them at jujitsu? People wear them, but they have like the arm sleeves or you can wear whoop boxers, which, you know, I was thinking about getting them too. No, I'm just kidding. But that's when I realized I was like, wait, I can't even wear this when I train half the time. And then, uh, yeah, I started, I started getting really weird about the sensor. And then I was looking at their like safety data. So they do have a document that says, uh, like health and safety information. And of course, how many pages is it? It's only one. Oh really? Yeah. But it, it basically says in there, like everything is only an estimate and they're not responsible for anything, any readings that are off base and that everything is supposed to be used as an estimate it's not meant to you know diagnose or treat any conditions and then they also like market that they can detect covid and they can detect sickness before you can which i mean maybe it can there is something to be said about your body temperature though so Mm -hmm. if it takes your temperature and you have a spike in temperature that's how women can predict when they're getting their period so i think there's something to that but continue well like i could see the benefits of that but also like i've been getting sick a lot the last couple of years and we know why i'm getting sick because everything's sanitized i don't i've been working from home for a super long time and the times i have gotten sick in the last two times i did a jujitsu competition the weekend and then got sick on monday and then the last time we were at an edm fest and just didn't sleep all weekend so like do I really need something to tell me that I'm going to get sick? No. So I return the whoop. The next night, I buy the aura ring. <laughs> I forgot that it was I the bought the aura night. ring. I'm literally the biggest idiot in the world. So the good thing about the aura ring is that they send you a sizing kit first. So they don't send you the actual ring until you know your ring size. So they sent out the ring sizing kit. I got that. Which is great. I mean, that's a really good uh little kit there yeah yeah it's really nice but i wore the the ring and i was like this is super uncomfortable and then i was like i'm ignoring the fact that there's also sensors in this one so i decided to return that i'm about 700 dollars in the green now and uh i don't think i'm ever gonna buy a fitness tracker ever again yeah you say that now what's today's date we need to mark this down <laughs> Well, I think we should take bets. You should put, okay, Instagram story poll. When will Angelo purchase his next fitness and data tracker? But just wait till something better than the Whoop comes out. Yeah. And because there is, gonna, there is going to be something that comes out and they're going to promise that it's better. So what exactly are EMFs? You have told me this before, but is it Bluetooth specific or is it just like the magnetic, electromagnetic waves that are given off by computers and phones and stuff like that. 
I'm not even going to pretend I know exactly what they are. Oh, I thought you looked into it. I mean, I have looked into it, but they're super complicated. But yeah, I mean, like... I thought it had something to do with the Wi-Fi. Like, didn't you want to turn the modem off when it was in our bedroom, that last apartment? Yeah. I, well, because I think... So what my understanding is, and I'm probably making myself sound like an idiot, but like the Wi-Fi, the modem just like sends signals out. And you're constantly in these signals. And then especially with, there's something with Bluetooth and Whoop tells you to keep your Whoop app open and the Bluetooth running constantly. So that can't be good. I don't know exactly what the what the harms are for it, but I don't know. It kind of freaked me out. And then I was hearing um, Paul Check talk about anytime you're using an app to tell you tell you about your own body you're you're listening to an algorithm so it's not even designed to be specific to you the algorithm is designed to be specific to you so like the recovery score is based on hey your resting heart rate's 52 your body temperature is whatever 93.6 and then it spits out a recovery score based on that algorithm so somebody had to do that that's not really individualized and then also the thing, like the more we get into these apps, the further we get away from ourselves. So like if you want to know your uh, resting heart rate in the morning, take your fucking pulse. Mm-hmm. Like do it without d- using the app. And yeah. then, I mean, he was saying that people can detect getting sick by just taking their pulse. And if it's off by five beats, then they know like they're overtrained. So if you wake up and you take your pulse every day and it's 50, 60, whatever, if it's you wake up and it's normally 60 and then one day you have a 67 or you have a 53, maybe something's going on. Mm. How do – I did just look up EMFs. There's two different types. There's ionizing and non-ionizing. Ionizing EMFs are really high frequencies, shorter wavelengths. These are like x-ray machines. Okay. And then the non-ionizing have a longer wavelength and lower frequency. These are... Cell phones. Cell phones and devices and tanning beds and microwaves and stuff. Well, I think the problem with... um, So the cell phones are obviously going to be higher EMFs like generated, but we don't have them attached to us all the time. But what I was reading about the whoop is that it's low level EMS, but it's constantly on you. So the longer term exposure that you have, and I mean, all the people I know who wear them, they never take them off ever. And you also have to think about your skin too. Like that, it's probably not good to have something pressed against your skin nonstop. Okay. Now we're getting a little bit ridiculous. How about all of the people that wear wedding rings? Well, maybe you should take them off once in a while. (laughs) You cannot opt. Why do you feel like you need to optimize absolutely everything? I mean, I would love to know the answer to that because then I would stop buying stupid shit. This is a great therapist question. You should have a therapist on the podcast. Mm, That'd be cool. I don't know if any of them would come on because it's like everything has to be kept hush hush. But I guess they could always give their like their advice and their opinions and stuff yeah. without. We should finish that movie Stutz. We never finished. You that. never finished it. No, that was a good one. If you're listening, looking for a movie on Netflix, Stutz is with Jonah Hill. He basically interviews his therapist 
and then uh, he talks about his own shit that he goes through too. We didn't finish that movie. No. He was just on the armchair expert too, Stutz. Mm. So, I've never really liked that podcast, but uh, that's with um, Dax Shepard. Yeah, I like him. I listened to like five minutes of the episode that he did with Scarlett Johansson, and then. I don't know. It, it must be super weird being an actor or actress. And, like, nobody really knows you, knows who you are at all. Yeah, because like, you're always playing a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That must be really weird. And then, I mean, people idolize you for being somebody that you're not even, like, somebody that you're not. That must be interesting. Well, episode 200, this is uh, is a big deal, I guess. Oh, this is episode 200? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm still on EMFs. <laughs> so the CDC says that more research is needed before we know if using cell phones causes health effects. Mm. Classic CDC response. <laughs> but anyway. They've been able to figure out a lot of other stuff the last couple of years. Oh, in, uh, and here we go. Symptoms of acute radiation syndrome. Vomiting, nausea, diarrhea, a headache. Is it a hangover or is it our cell phone? <laughs> okay, I'm closing this up. Okay. Yeah. I wish um, that would be nice sometimes to, when I'm like talking on the podcast, that have Google pulled up and make sure like I'm actually speaking truth. But I try to at least. <laughs> you want to just Google it? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, at least at this point, I feel like I kind of stay away from stuff that I don't know about. Yeah. And, I'm... and that's good. I do really agree with that. Because there's so many opinions out there, but it takes, like these days, it takes so much to actually research something and actually get like the truth and fact check things. Yeah. I mean, we can pull up the New York Times that tells you to not do your own research because that's dangerous too. Yeah. Um, I did write, so I haven't talked about it on the podcast, but I do have a sub stack that I'm publishing articles every week. Um just kind of talking going a little more in depth on lessons that I learned from the podcast stuff that I'm trying to do make my own life better stuff I'm reading it's more like a newsletter style but uh I really enjoy writing and getting that out there I I'm going to publish after the podcast but I have some reflections from just doing this for the last three years there's so many things that I've learned and uh kind of breaking it into a couple different points is really hard but there there is so many things that that I've taken away one thing I'll I'll uh, read is so one of the one of the lessons that I learned is that passion will take you further than anything else I think there's so many people who I've had on the podcast crossfitters weightlifters and you just hear it like they've they've gone through so many injuries they've gone through just so much adversity and the people who do it for the longest are usually the best i kind of in weightlifting you see it's rare but there are people who come on doing whatever if they did crossfit before they did another sport and they progress really fast but most of the people have just been doing it for like 10 years and i know like the 10,000 hour rule and like 10 years to be an overnight success. It's all sounds cliche, but I think there is a lot of truth to it, but to do, to put in 10 years, I mean, you have to be passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. And you also have to be 
I feel like, I mean, I guess it depends on the thing. It depends on the sport or the skill or whatever the occupation, the hobby depends on what it is, but I feel like you have to be comfortable and satisfied with not progressing as quickly as you think or as you want because like take weightlifting that's really the only thing I can talk about but like we hit the same numbers all the time like obviously take your situation out of the mix right now but we we hit the same numbers all the time like I'm snatching roughly 50 roughly 70 like all the time or let's not give myself that much credit <laughs> roughly okay so 45 and like 60 right that's those are the numbers that I'm confident I can hit every single time like no no question no problem but we rarely push ourselves outside of that box to hit a PR unless we're trying at a meet or we're trying at a day where we know we're going to max out or or attempt to max out but like there's so many people out there that think oh, just because I've been doing it for so long, I, let me just random day, let me just test this. And it's like, but you haven't been training that. Like if, take CrossFit for, for an example, because I see it when I coach, right? We have maybe once a year, there's like a squat um, program built in, a strength program specifically for squats. And people are like, oh, yeah, my PR back squat is like 200 pounds, right? And then this strength cycle happens, but we're only squatting once a week. And at the end, they're mad because they still haven't squatted more than 200 pounds. And it's like, but you can't do it in one block a year and for once a week and expect to progress and expect to get better. Obviously, other things are going to come into play where you know, just squatting isn't the only thing that's going to strengthen your legs, but you have to be doing the other things too. Like you have to be biking or running or, I don't know, box jumping and like all of that stuff will help strengthen your legs. Does that make sense? Did I just totally go off the... No, no, I think that's good. And um, I mean... Another thing, a point I actually made in the article was like changing what your metric of success looks like. So to those people who do an eight-week squat cycle and think squatting 210 pounds is a metric of success, well, you either – that's Mm pass-fail. But if you do that eight weeks and your technique becomes better, maybe 80% feels what – um, 70% used to feel like. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that as success, you're going to feel a lot better. Yeah. There was a girl at the gym who, um, she used, it was last week when we had to squat, we had to do three by five at 80%. And then we had to do a max set of reps at 80%. So most people in that max set of reps, if they were following their actual numbers correctly or closely, they were hitting between seven and 11 reps. She hit into the twenties. Oh, wow. it was insane. I was just like, I lost count. I was still like cheering her on and it was amazing that she did this. But I was like, girlfriend, your max is not what you think it is. Like that's not 80%. You should not be able to move 80% 20 sometimes. She's like, oh no, but it is like, I just tried to test my back squat one day a couple months ago. And I was like, 
but maybe it wasn't there that day when you went to test. And if, you know, she's in this thought process of still believing that she, this old squat number is her PR, unfortunately, you know, if then you're always basing your percentages on that old number. But if she were actually to come in and like build and work on squatting and test properly, oh my God, her squat is so much more. She's super strong. In weightlifting, I mean, they talk about like raising your minimums. So if you are at 45, 60, and those are the numbers that you're always hitting in training, those are your 80% or your 85% where you feel really good, make it 47 and 62. Like that's success. Yeah. And I think people, especially, I mean, anytime the number is the result, the outcome, of course, you're going to place your happiness on, did you hit a PR mm-hmm. or not? But yeah. you got to look at those little, did that warm up weight feel better? Or, you know, did you hit a PR on pull-ups? Like that could be a success in weightlifting, even though we, we don't care about on the platform about how many pull-ups we can do. Yeah. But if you can do 12 pull-ups and then you can do 15, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Like take that as a win. Yeah. I was just thinking about the episode of Carly that I was listening to of yours. And, um, she was saying how weightlifters are like mean. She didn't mean it, but how weightlifters, um, like keep to themselves in the back. And that's totally true. I do think that's true for the most part. There are some people like your a session, in Albuquerque was fun. Yeah. There were some guys that were like, you know, just having a good time. And then there was one that did not have a good time at all. Yeah, Khalil. <laughs> he went on oh, for six. Yeah. That was shout, a, shout out Khalil. I hope was, he's been hitting lifts lately. That was a bummer. Um, but I was thinking like, I'm really excited to see the difference between master's competition and senior competition because senior is competitive. Um, but from what I hear from Frank, like master's competition is like, yeah, everybody's cheering everybody on like nobody cares as much because like everybody's getting older and it's like we're still doing this <laughs> let's have a good time so I'm really excited to see what that competition is like compared to you know senior I mean maybe it should be that way for the a session because even even the people in the a session there's there's usually like two or three who have a chance of winning and then the rest of us are just like middle of the pack. Yeah. And a lot of times the A sessions that I've been in, like Jordan was in my A session in Las Vegas. At, I did university nationals. He was doing like this international competition, but he snatched like 122 and I snatched 87. Like we're not in the same league. Yeah. But I guess there's so few people that were in your weight class and mm-hmm. snatching, you know, between 87 and 122. So yeah, it's it's wild. I don't know. I think I'm excited. I'm excited for Masters Nationals. I'm definitely excited that we don't have to travel for it. That's convenient. Um, I just hope I can lift some big weights. I think you will. Do you think that you can be successful at something without trying to be successful at it? Like... If you, so say you're going to be a weightlifter, or you are a weightlifter, but do you think you can like completely take the numbers out of the equation and be successful? I think that takes a special kind of person. I'm not that person. Like I don't want to go to Masters Nationals and snatch 
45 and clean and jerk 65. I So you would I feel like a failure. Really, I wouldn't feel like a failure because obviously I qualified for this meet. But I mean, let's be honest, the qualification, the barrier to entry is real low once you hit 35 years old. <laughs> so I feel like, I don't know, I just wouldn't feel like that's my best, you know, because it's not. Yeah, it's interesting. I wouldn't feel like a failure, would you? I don't know. Well, so now like I'm doing two things simultaneously. I'm doing jujitsu and I'm doing weightlifting. Weightlifting is my competitive outlet, and then jujitsu is like that thing I go in and have fun. And a lot of times, to go in and just have fun, it's a lot harder than it sounds. So, like, you lose, and you're like, fuck, I lost. Fuck, I got tapped out. Again, I lost to everybody in the gym. <laughs> and and then you, like, you got to remember, hey, I'm doing this for fun. These guys are, a lot of these guys are waking up at 6 in the morning to come train. They're doing... T- two a days they've been doing this three four times as long as me and then I'm still thinking like oh you know I'm not progressing but I think it's a skill to be able to to go in and literally be like hey I'm gonna have fun with this and the outcome totally doesn't matter like I don't know I mean you're obviously not gonna be a world champion if you think like that but I think you can be pretty successful yeah, I mean, as long as you're measuring success against something that you're, I don't know how I'm trying to say that, but like as long as your measure of success is something that you can achieve and meet. Yeah. I mean, I talked about uh, Hicks and Gracie on the podcast. Like, it might have been with you, but like he literally said, going into a fight, I'm going to die before I tap out. And like, that's great. If you're going into a fight to the death, but if you're just doing jujitsu for fun and you're thinking I'm gonna die before I tap out, well, y- you're you might die. You're gonna <laughs> exactly, or you're gonna go unconscious first. They'll probably stop. Yeah, but like that's not a good mindset to have. Yeah, that's scary. It's, I mean, it's funny when um I read this book called Mastery by Robert Greene. I think I got like halfway through. It got really repetitive, but. He was talking about, you know, musical composers. I forget who it was specifically. Maybe it was Beethoven. But he was saying, like, Beethoven was so obsessed with music that people would literally be talking to him, and he would just stop listening altogether. And then they'd be like, hey, are you listening to me? And he's like, oh, no, I can't listen right now. Like, I have this melody stuck in my head. And, I mean, because it's Beethoven, we're like, wow, he's so dedicated to the craft. He's awesome. But that's not a person I'm going to look up to that's like completely aloof and can't have any balance. So I don't know, because are there the, are there Beethovens out there who are under the radar, who are like unsuccessful? And then if you do that and, you know, you're getting 300 views on Spotify, like is it worth not having friends because you're like so lost in the melody? Yeah, I think the people that are so concerned with the followers and the interaction online and the likes and the, I don't know, I I feel like, I feel like you can't really get to know who that actual person is. 
So I don't know. But even even us, like we'll have a video and then be like, should I post this? Or we're like, I think, oh, do I have the right background music to this? And like people are going to like it or they're not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just post it. <laughs> you don't, I know we, you were talking about that song from a reel that you did like last week or something. But yeah, people don't care. Yeah. What the music is. And we spend so much time thinking like, oh, is this right? Is, um, is this transition okay in the video? Did I make too long of a pause on the podcast? We internalize these things so much and yeah. I think it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about even poloing with the girls, like being on Marco Polo. And I said something last night that I was like, this morning I was still thinking about, I was like, Ooh, did my friend get mad at that? Like I said something and I was beating myself up over it this morning. Like it came out wrong or I just, I didn't mean to say it that way or I should have elaborated or I should have said it differently or maybe I shouldn't have even mentioned it at all. But you know, I said it and (laughs) here we are. We just have to live with it and here like it didn't matter really doesn't matter yeah I think I mean we're just in our heads so much all the time it's all yeah (laughs) that was that was so good um did you enjoy space camp as much as I did yeah I think I mean I (laughs) I almost said I remember more of it than you do but (laughs) I, I had a good time. I definitely had a good time. Definitely a learning experience going to that. Like, now we know next time what we're going to do. We're not going to stay up front. And even um, Emily, not Emily. Yeah. Yeah, Emily, Emily and Joe, right? Mm-hmm. They told us, like, oh, you don't want to be up front because you're not going to be able to see the lasers as well and you want to be further to the back and blah, blah, blah. And when Lauren and her sister and everybody went to the back and you wanted to stay, I was obviously going to stay with you. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But now we know. We'll go to the back, get a better show, we'll have some more space. It'll be fun. There's so much talent that goes into that, like the music and the lights and the videos. Yeah. And there's just so much. I wonder if the lights are programmed to the music or if somebody is there being like, like mixing the lights, like they're mixing mm. the music, you know? I think they're programmed to the music because you can buy like a $30 thing on um Amazon and plug it in and have it go to the beat of whatever song is playing. Really? Yeah, ours does that. Okay. Yeah, but it, even like with the video too, there's just so much. I oh, like yeah, I wonder yeah. how much they practice before. I don't know. They do shows all the time too. Like if you follow some of these DJs on Instagram, they're like, "Oh, here's my next 13-day lineup. They're doing 15 shows." <laughs> it's like, "Wait, how does that add up?" I mean, that's like that mastery piece though. Like you just, you literally have to be passionate about it and you have to do it a lot. Yeah. Cause I'm sure even, um, I was reading G Jones who we saw, who I loved. Like a lot of people were saying that they didn't really like him up until that point. Like they were saying this was his best set ever. Really? So like how many sets do you think he played that people are like, Oh, he's not that good. He's not that good. And then he comes out and it's just absolute fire. Yeah. He blows it out of the park. But I mean, anybody who's, who's kind of doing that, I, I'm not like promising to be a motivational person, but, uh, I do think like to hit that spark, 
you just have to be willing to do it. Like you just have to be willing to do it for a long time. So even with this podcast, 200 episodes, I view, I view it as a success as like the conversations that I got to have, the people I've met through it, but it hasn't, I haven't had the episode that gets a hundred thousand downloads or anything crazy. Yeah, like but that. you should have, and you got chipped. <laughs> when? The Natalie Newhart one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it did get twenty five thousand views on YouTube, but but the sound cut out. <laughs> 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 That's just the shit you learn that you just can't control. Yeah. Like I, I've learned to. I used to spend so much time editing and spend so much time writing down questions and just trying to. I tried to micromanage everything, and then the more I do it now, the more I prepare less. I just go into it, and I really try to listen to people. I think that's, I mean, that's another thing I wrote for the Substack article is, like, the best episodes that I have, I just shut up and listen. Mm. I'm just literally listening to people talk and coming up with questions off what they say, not questions that I made beforehand or perceptions I might have had about them but like actually hear them talk for a while and then you know oh that was interesting like what was your mindset like doing that or you know that's been something that I've really enjoyed kind of getting better at and I think it's something that I can always get better at yeah I mean I told you earlier that I think you've gotten a lot better at pivoting when you know, somebody is talking about something and then you ask a question or you say something and there's no follow-up and there's kind of like silence. You're really good at, I think our time is limited here. (laughs) He's going to bark like crazy. Um, I think you're really good at pivoting and saying something else to get them to respond, to continue the conversation. Yeah. I mean, there's always things I'm trying to improve. I think that's definitely something like, I enjoy, I enjoy having conversations more than anything. There he goes. All right, we're gonna we're, leave. We're gonna have a conversation with him. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much, Dana, for coming on. Thank you to everybody who's listening. I would love to say that I would keep doing this if nobody listened to the podcast, but without having listeners, I wouldn't keep doing this. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate everyone sharing. It's uh, time to go take our park to the do- take, take our park <laughs> to the dog, take our dog to the park. Curtis but, uh, says thank you to everybody too. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll talk to you next week.